Welcome to this very special Christmas edition of Main Menu for 2009. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week, an interview with Raul Gallegos of GW Micro about version 2.0 of the book Sense, a demonstration of the iBill, a new talking money identifier from Orbit Research, Christmas greetings, and a Christmas miracle by Neil Ewers. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. David Tanner from the Main Menu staff. I'd like to take this opportunity to congratulate Larry Turnbull and his fine staff at ACB Radio for the fine job they're doing and congratulate them on 10 years of ACB Radio. It's great to know that ACB Radio has been providing entertainment and valuable information to blind and visually impaired throughout the world for the past 10 years and I'd like to offer them Congratulations and wish them much success for many more years. And while we're at it, season's greetings to the staff and to our fine listeners. On Monday of this week, GW Micro released version 2 of the BookSense firmware. I recently had the opportunity to visit with Raul Gallegos about the BookSense, and this is what he had to say. We're visiting this week on Main Menu with Raul Gallegos of GW Micro. The last time Raul was on Main Menu was with Jeff Bishop and Daryl Shandro talking about the VoiceSense. This time, Raul is visiting with us about the BookSense. And Raul, the book since launched uh, when about last June, or maybe even early July. Is that right? That's correct. We uh, uh, launched it at the very tail end of June 2009, uh, just in time for the summer conference shows that uh, that are always popular in the summer. So uh, technically, I'd like to think of it more of a July 1st type of release. And since the release, you guys have, I'm sure, had a lot of interest in the product, and users have had a chance to really put the product through its paces. How's that gone for you guys? That's gone pretty good. Our um, call volume for questions and tech support and all that have uh, definitely increased, and it's uh, been keeping us busy and keeping us on our toes. A lot of excitement about the book sense, a lot of interest, and um, you know, so it's it's gone it's gone very well. Great. Well, now we're coming up to version 2.0, more or less, of the um, product. And uh, you and I talked before about the fact that sometimes version numbers are a little bit uh, deceptive. Go ahead and just kind of tell us why you chose version 2.0 as the number for the book sense. Part of it has to do with the fact that um, people seem to uh, put a lot of weight uh, on, on version numbers. Um, I do this myself, so I'm, I'm not uh, certainly... Um, targeting anybody specifically. Um, if a product is at version 1.0 and then all of a sudden you have 1.01 or 1.02, you may have added a lot of changes, but people may not take it as serious because they figure it's a small increment number change, and so they may not um, be as excited about it or take it as serious. And so 
Um, the current firmware of the BookSense is 1.1, and since it's going up to um, 2.0, we, we decide on 2.0 because of the fact that there are quite a few changes, um, a lot of new enhancements, new bug fixes, etc. And so uh, we feel that um, because there are quite a bit of things to look at uh, in, in differences between 1.1 and this new one, we figured we wanted to get out of that 1x stage and go on to version 2. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the new features. What, what can we see in version 2.0? Well, 2.0 is going to have uh, a lot of enhancements, uh, as I mentioned before, enhancements and bug fixes. A lot of the bug fixes um, tend to be more under the hood type of things or uh, a lot of uh, issues that we were seeing with certain types of books or certain books that we were able to duplicate issues on, that kind of stuff. So a lot of the stability has been fixed. So if there are any stability issues or problems, in the 1X series, uh, those have been addressed uh, to the best of our ability. As far as new features go, we've um, added several new things. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the sleep timer. And um, what we've done for the sleep timer and what we've done uh, for, for these new features I'm going to be talking about is basically made them easier to access. So currently with the version 1 firmware, you have to go into the global menu and then you have to go into the sleep timer settings and then you can only choose a certain preset for your sleep timer. And once you set it, that's where it's going to stay until the sleep timer uh, essentially you know, reaches that point and then the book sense turns off. However, uh, we wanted to make this a little more friendly and a little more robust. So what we made it possible for you to do is press the number four for two seconds and then the book sense will prompt you for a sleep timer value. And this value is um, between 0 and 90, where 0 means disable the sleep timer, and a number from 1 to 90 is the number of minutes that you want the sleep timer to be enabled for. So if you want the book sense to uh, turn off automatically after 48 minutes, you just type in number 48, press the OK button, which is the bottom right key, and it will set it for 48. If 10 minutes later, when it's got 38 minutes left into it, you decide that you want a new value, you can just press the number 4 again for 2 seconds, and it will actually show you 38, meaning that that's the current value that's left from your initial setting. And at that point, you can press the 0 to disable, or you can type in a new number, and it will take that new number and make it the new sleep timer value. That's going to add a lot of flexibility for someone who's... Uh you know, even perhaps you know the bus for work is going to be here in about 25 minutes, so you can actually use that as an alarm feature almost as much as a sleep timer. That's correct. I tend to use it a lot if I need to time certain things, like uh, time my workout on the treadmill or anything like that. Then I'll set it for a certain amount, and so when it turns off, then I know that I've reached that, that amount. Very good. All right, what else have you got? Uh, the other thing that we added, and this is uh, more specific to the BookSense XT, uh, since the BookSense XT has Bluetooth capabilities, um, and so and this has to do along uh, it's along the same lines with accessing the menu and and making it a little less tedious. We made it so that if you press the number six key for two seconds, it will turn on Bluetooth, or if the Bluetooth is already on, it will turn it off. And in addition, if you have a headset already paired with the BookSense then when you press the number 6 for 2 seconds and it turns the Bluetooth on, it'll also automatically connect to your paired headset. And so as long as your headset is already powered on, then after a few seconds, 
uh, once you turn Bluetooth on, the audio will start uh, going through your, your uh, Bluetooth headset. Um, in the case that you don't have a paired headset at all or you have more than one paired, uh, just in case you're the kind of person who has more than one headset that you, you go back and forth between, then when you press the number six for two seconds to turn Bluetooth on, it will show you the uh, scan for new device item or it will show you the list of your available paired headsets so that you can choose what you want to connect with. And so it makes it a lot easier. All this is still available from the global menu and by going into Bluetooth, but now we've made it uh, a little easier so you don't have as many key presses to do. And then likewise, if you are ready to disconnect the headset, uh, all you have to do is press number six for two seconds. It'll say Bluetooth off and that will automatically turn Bluetooth off as well as disconnect from the headset. So that's um, that's the other feature. And the Bluetooth capability is in the BookSense, BookSense XT, correct? That's correct. The, um, the two models we have are the standard and the XT, and the XT has Bluetooth capability. It also has four gigabytes of internal storage. Uh, for uh, you know additional space you know to add more things to it, and then it also has an FM radio. Very nice feature. And I know sometimes the smaller FM radios, like for cell phones and stuff, is not the most powerful. I mean, how, or do you find that that works pretty pretty well for for you? It works pretty decent. Uh, the area that I live in, um, some areas um, here in Fort Wayne are a little better than others when it comes to radio. For the most part, I have the best experience if I connect. A uh, external speaker to the radio, and then that way, uh, if I want to listen to the radio, it, it, the uh, essentially the wire acts as an antenna. Um, I can also connect a pair of headphones uh, to the BookSense, and I can even disable those headphones so that they're acting as an antenna, and I'm still able to listen to the radio with the internal built-in speaker of the BookSense. Very good. So that that you know that allows the the stations to come in a little clearer. Certainly. Uh, the next thing that we have available, uh, this is still in the uh, in the media player. Uh, this has to do specifically with recording. We enhance the recording so that once you make a recording or you're browsing your record folder, and in the case of the book XT, this also includes the radio folder uh, where recordings of the radio go into. When you go into those folders, it'll automatically preview the first five seconds of each file that you have. Normally, when you go in, in your, you're browsing your files, you press the right arrow on record or on radio, and it tells you the name of the first file. And then you hit up or down arrow to, to um, browse these, you know, the, the files. So you, if you have five files initially, when you go in there, you're going to be on file number one. You press down arrow, you go to file number two, and so on and so forth. The file names are the date and time stamps of when you made the recording. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I make recordings, I may not always remember exactly what date and time a certain recording was. Um, and so uh, this feature allows the, uh, the first five seconds of that particular recording to be played. And then that way you know if that's the one you want to listen to, you press the play button and hear the rest of it. If that's not the one you want to work with or listen to, then you just hit down arrow and go on to the next one. If you are listening to the first five seconds preview and you decide that you want to find out what that file name is or, or move on or whatever, you can certainly interrupt the preview by hitting the zero key to tell you the file name or just hit the up or down arrow to move to the uh, prior or next file. We also realize that not everybody may like that kind of feature, and so we've also made that a toggle 
So under the recording settings, you can turn the preview recordings on or off, uh, but by default they are set to on. Something that I think is worth mentioning, and I don't want to, I don't want to uh, make a promise about the product, you know, that it wasn't really intended for. But I've actually heard some demos of recordings made on the book since with external mics, and they are really quite good. And I suppose a really serious audiophile might want a dedicated uh, high-quality recorder, you know, an, an Adderall or something like that. But a lot of people, uh, from what I'm hearing, might find the book sense to be an excellent recording device more than just for taking quick little memos. Do you think that's probably true? I would agree with that. Uh, the internal microphone that it comes with uh, would be good for, uh, you know, recording some basic things if you're not really caring about stereo recordings because they are mono um, and that and that type of thing. But if you need to record uh, class lectures, notes, um, you know, anything like that, uh, reminders, you know, that kind of thing that's good for something like that. If you attach external microphones, for example, like uh, binaural uh, microphones, I've got uh, a pair of Audio-Technica uh, binaural microphones, and I've certainly used those to make uh, recordings while outside, and, and they come in real nice. Um, and so that way, it gives you uh, a bit of a choice. I mean, yes, the, the book sense is uh, designed more of a, of a book reader than anything else, uh, but the fact that it records, uh, you know, it has the ability to record using external microphones like that is, I think, a good motive. Great. I know you've got a lot of good new features, so I'll let you keep going. Okay. Uh, the next feature that that we have is um, also in the media player, and that is we designed it so that the um, music folder, anything that you play inside the music folder, is not going to be remembered. Uh, currently, the position of any audio file that's longer than 10 minutes is automatically remembered if you move out of that file by going forward to the next track or anything like that. Uh, but we figure that in most cases, if you're listening to music, you're not going to really care about hitting stop in the middle of a of a 15-minute long piece uh, and go back to it later because typically in music you want to start at the beginning. And so we've made it so that everything in music um, always will start at the beginning of whatever file or folder that you you hit play on, um, you know, at later times. Uh, the other thing that we made was things that are in the podcast or in the audiobooks folder will remember your position no matter the length of it. And so this way, if you have um, a long podcast, let's say a 30-minute podcast or whatever, and you listen to 10 or 15 minutes of it, you can hit the stop key and, and um, later on when you return to it, you'll automatically be uh, placed at the place that you left off. In addition, we've made a huge enhancement, and uh, this is probably the biggest feature that I would say is um, is worth the 2.0 name uh, for that number, for the version number, is we made it so that if you have an MP3 book or any sort of a, an audio book uh, that was maybe ripped from uh, a CD or anything like that that's multiple MP3 files, if you put them all in one folder in the audiobooks folder um, and then you press play on that folder, then that folder is treated as one book, similar to how an NLS book is treated as one book by pressing play on the folder. And um, so what it does is, you know, let's say you have a book that has 10 MP3s and each MP3 is one hour long. Okay, so you'd have 
a 10-hour long book made up of 10 MP3s. When you hit play on that folder and then you hit zero to get your time information, it actually tells you that, um, you know, if you've listened to five minutes of it, it'll say that the last time is five minutes and the remaining time is nine hours and 55 minutes. And so it takes into account the entire length of all the MP3s added up together because it's looking at them as one book. Uh, in addition to that, the number eight key is used to move to the percent of a file, and this is in the media player. Um, if you do this in the audiobooks folder, if you press play on a folder, again, using my example of, of uh, 10 one-hour MP3s, then what happens is it'll ask you for the percent, and let's say that you were to type in 25 for your percentage, it will take you to 25% of that 10 hours, regardless of where in those 10 MP3s uh, you're placed. And so it'll actually place you at 25% of your entire book. And so I think um, that that's the biggest enhancement, really, that um, that was made to the audiobooks folder. This also applies to anything that you have in the podcast folder. So anything that you want to remember the position of, no matter how short or how long it is, or whether it's made up of one audio file or many inside a folder, uh, you can certainly put them in the audiobooks folder or the podcast folder to get this kind of behavior. That's going to be really nice. Uh, even thinking about tutorials, um, sometimes podcasts are actually in a series and you might, you know, very often you don't want to stop or you don't want to break the flow. I'm thinking specifically of the Infotech magazine from TNT Consultancy because there are short articles sometimes, but um, you know they just flow. It is a magazine, so they flow one into another. So that would be a great application for what you just described. That is correct. Um, and while you're in these modes, or you know, in, in the audiobooks or podcast folder, you can still move forward track by track, uh, just like you can when you're playing music. So all that is still available to you. Um, so in the case of um, you know a multi-part podcast, if it's still separated out into separate MP3 tracks. You can still do that if you like, uh, but you certainly don't have to think of it in those terms anymore. Very good. Uh, so so far, I've been uh, talking about changes to the to the media player, but we've also uh, made changes to the other modes that the book fence has. And um, the next one is in the Daisy player. What we've done is made some enhancements um, so that, for example, uh, in the current one uh, version one firmware. When you press play on a Daisy book that you want to start loading, it'll tell you that it's loading the book, and it'll play the progress tones to indicate that it's loading it. Um, and once it's done loading it, it tells you the name of the book again, and then it starts playing the actual book. Well, we felt that that was uh, kind of kind of long and really unnecessary because if you already hit play on the book, you should know which book that you hit play on. So there's really no reason to hear the name of it, and so we removed that information. So now when you hit play on a Daisy book, like an NLS book or a Bookshare book, it'll load it, and then once it's loaded, it just starts reading the book without telling you that book title, again, that you already pressed play on. Yeah, I mean, and you and I have kind of discussed this a little bit uh, previously, and you've given me some, uh, actually demonstrated some examples for me to listen to, and you've actually done several things to make the product a little bit less verbose, haven't you? That is correct. Um, that's one of the things that we did to make it less robust. Like I said, it doesn't it doesn't tell you that. Um, the other the other thing that we did to make it less robust is, and this applies in the media player as well as the Daisy. Uh, when you're listening to a book 
and let's say you listen to five minutes out of a, a three-hour and ten-minute book, it will tell you that the elapsed time is five minutes and however many seconds. In the prior version, in the current, you know, 1.x uh, or you know, 1.1 or 1.0, <clears throat> it tells you zero hours colon zero minutes colon five seconds or whatever. And so, in in this new version, we've eliminated the extra zeros. And so, if you've listened to a book for you know 10 or 15 seconds, it'll tell you 10 seconds, 15 seconds. It won't say zero hours, zero minutes, and 15 seconds. So it makes it less robust. Um, in the case of NLS, it also tells you when you press the zero key, it also tells you the time remaining in that book, just like it does in the media player. It'll tell you the time elapsed as well as time remaining. Um, the other thing that we did to make it less robust is when you're listening to a book uh, or anything, any any file, when you press the play button that acts as your pause, Rather than the book sense saying pause, it just basically just pauses the reading or the or the um, the audio or the book. So uh, we figured it was too verbose for it to say pause when you know that it you know if you stop listening you know if you don't hear the output anymore then you obviously know it's paused and so that was kind of redundant and so it no longer says the word paused and then when you hit the play again to resume it just automatically resumes without saying anything. Very good. That's excellent. Um, we're talking about listening to audiobooks a little bit, I know there have been some uh, users that have uh, had some issues with books not holding their place quite as well as they would have liked. How have you guys um, uh, dealt with that? Well, the uh, the issue of, of books not holding their place has is actually sort of a multiple multiple issue because sometimes it was uh, an NLS type of audiobook, and other times it was. Uh, a uh, particular kind of of audible book, <clears throat> and so we <clears throat> excuse me we've been able to reproduce that and get a lot of those issues fixed and i'm I'm very confident that um, all known issues with books not retaining their position have been addressed um, in some cases it's been an issue of how the NLS book was tagged, and we were able to find a work around that. And in other cases, and like for example, the case of an audible book, um, we found that certain audible books that are encoded with a certain uh, sampling rate or a certain quality uh, were being treated differently for some reason by the by the player, and so we've been able to address those. Um, furthermore, we're in, in close contact with both uh, the National Library Service for NLS and as well as Audible Inc., so that if we find any issues that seem to be a problem with the particular book from their end, um, they're able to be aware of it so that if it needs to be fixed or, or um, re recreated or anything like that, then that'll happen. Um, in, in some cases uh, with Audible, it was uh, more of, of how the book was encoded. And, and um, ironically, it's, it's kind of, well, it's not, not ironic, but it's more of a, just a funny point. Uh, a lot of the problems that were reported with Audible books seem to have been James Patterson books. And so it's almost like books that had something against James Patterson. <laughs> That's but, interesting, yeah. though, because at least you can track down a pattern and, and kind of start to deal with the right, problem. Exactly. And so I don't know if maybe the the original source of how those particular books were recorded, you know, had a certain type of characteristic um, that made it a, a common thing. Uh, but I can say that that the, you know those things have been addressed. Um, the other thing that was uh, an issue with one point. Oh, and 1.1 was, uh, and it goes back to the, the case there. If someone was listening to a multi-part MP3 book, 
you couldn't save your position, and that was because that feature just simply wasn't there. Um, and so the initial design was that if you had an audiobook uh, that was a multi a multi-part audiobook, you would have to know which MP3 or which portion of it you left off at, so you can return to it. But because of the enhancements that we've added to the audiobooks folder now, then that's that's no longer an issue. And so um, you know, going back to that that feature request like that, um, anytime you have an audiobook in the audiobooks folder or podcast folder is now treated as an entire book. Great. Now those people who are RFB and D users are going to want to know uh, what the progress of uh, support of, of those book formats on the BookSense is. Well, I've got um, good news and mostly good news. And there is no bad news on this. Fair enough. So basically what what it comes down to is version 2.0 of the BookSense firmware handles RFP and D. So all the technical uh, aspect of it is done. It will it will play them. If you have an RFP and D KXO authorization uh, and you've downloaded RFP and D content, it will do that. So right now uh, we've only been able to get that for testing, and that's that's how we know that it works. Now, as far as making it official so that a uh, typical RFB and D member can do this. Uh, where we stand right now is RFB and D is making some last-minute changes on their side of things. Mainly it has to do with their member support page and how their tech support person are going to be able to help the RFB and D members. And so it's, it's more of a, of, a, of a technical change on their end. Um, it has to do with making sure that things are worded correctly and that their technical support staff um, are comfortable in supporting the book sense. Once that is active or, or approved of uh, from them, uh, then they will make the official announcement that BookSense has been added to their authorized players, and anyone with the version 2.0 firmware of the BookSense will be able to go to the RFBND website and download the authorization and start using that content. We're very confident that this will be done uh, before January 11th. Is there anything uh, feature-wise that we haven't covered that we need to? Uh, there's there's a couple other features. There, um, I hate to say the word minor because they're not minor features. What what might be a minor feature to me may be a major feature to you. Uh, but there there are features that um, that I didn't touch on before because uh, they weren't as uh, I guess highly requested. Maybe is, is the word. Uh, if a feature isn't quite as highly requested, it may not receive as much of a, a high priority, although we do take all feature requests seriously. Yeah. Um, another one that um, I hadn't mentioned before is the number 8. When you're browsing a file, uh, the number 8 is used is now going to be used to move to a certain file item. And so, for example, if you go into a, a, a folder inside your music, uh, maybe you have a, a collection of, of different songs, um, I have a folder that has 500 MP3s in it, and if I want to quickly move to uh, uh, MP3 number 103, then I can now, with version 2, press the number 8, and the BookSense will prompt me for which item I want to move to. I can type in 103 and press the OK button, and now I'm at item number 103 of 500. In the version 1 firmware, you have to use your arrow keys or the, or the quick navigation on the uh, 1 and 4 or 2 and 5 to move up or down quickly in the list, but it's still kind of tedious in, in the situations where you may have a folder that has a lot of items. 
um, you know, for example, uh, I know of a person who has in their NLS folder, they have 26 subfolders, one for each letter of the alphabet, and that's where they put books that begin with that letter because that's how they want to organize things. And so if you want to quickly get to the M section, uh, you may not want to hit the the down arrow until you get to item number 13 for the letter M. And so you may just uh, press the number 8, type in 13, press OK, and now you're there. And so that's that's something else that we added just to make things a little uh, a little uh, less of uh, key intensive, so you don't have to hit as many keys to to do a certain item or a certain function. Uh, the other thing that we added, and and this has to do with playing audiobooks, is um, and these are these include NLS uh, audiobooks or or anything in the media player. We made it so that the time interval of when you move inside an audio file is consistent. Uh, in the 1.0 and 1.1 firmware, the smallest increment of time that you can move in NLS books is one minute. And that wasn't really fair because if you're listening to an NLS book and you uh, you miss a sentence or two, um, you know, maybe your phone rings or something, uh, the dog barks, anything like that, then you'd have to back up a whole minute, and that, in most cases, is too much. And so we've made the time increments consistent so that um, whether it's an NLS or anything in the media player, then your time increments are like 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, 1 minute, 3 minutes, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, and so on, so they're the same. And the way to adjust the time increment has also been changed in version 2, uh, in, the, in the prior version, you had to hit the number 9 key to change your increment, uh, but if you accidentally press the 9 key too many times, then you'd have to keep hitting it all over to cycle back to the end and then back, loop back around because there was no reversing it. Um, and so we've, we've de designed it so that you press the up arrow or down arrow until it says time interval, and then you can adjust the, the uh, interval setting with your left and right arrow to you know, one minute or three minutes or whatever you want, and then you hit the down arrow until it says time, and then this time when you move left or right arrow, it will move in that increment that you chose. Okay. And so, um, I think those are some pretty good enhancements to the to, that make it a little more consistent. Excellent. Let's talk about uh, pricing of the units. Okay. Well, as I mentioned before, we have two different models of the book sense. We have the standard, and that's uh, a red color that does not have internal uh, memory. Uh, so you have to use SD cards for everything on that, and um, that one is 349. And then we also have the XT model, which is an off-white color, and that one has four gigabytes of internal memory. It also has an FM radio, and it also has Bluetooth uh, capability for headsets. And so, um, although it has more features, the the feature set for everything else, except you know, except for specifically those three items, the feature set is exactly the same. Uh, the BookSense XT is 499. Okay, excellent. And of course, a person can go to gwmicro.com or call your your uh, sales line. Go ahead and give us that that phone number. Our phone number is 260-489-3671. And our hours are 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Excellent. 
Well, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to visit with us. It's been very interesting, and I think people are going to really uh, look forward to having a chance to play with version 2.0 of the book since. I think it's going to be great, and um, once we make it available, we'll announce it on our various lists that we have. We have GW-News, uh, as well as GW-BookSense, and um, all the announcements will be, uh, will be made available on those lists. And, of course, those lists are monitored by GW staff. That's correct. All right. Raul Gallegos um, from GW Micro here on Main Menu. This week, Orbit Research announced that they would begin limited shipments of a new money identifier called the iBill. This product retails for $99 and is bound to make a stir in the blind community. We hope to have an interview with a representative from Orbit Research in the near future, but we wanted to go ahead and give you a demo of the product done by Ron Graham and presented originally on Blind Cool Tech. Our thanks to Ron for allowing us to run this demo of the product. Hi, this is Ron Graham. Today I'm going to demonstrate the iBill electronic banknote identifier. This is the iBill by Orbit Research. Pardon my voice, I'm recording this after I recorded the original podcast and as fate would have it, I've got a cold. I forgot to include the company's website for the iBill. If you're interested in this product, you can go to orbitresearch.com. That's all one word, orbitresearch.com. Now, back to the podcast. It's an identifier for your money. The basic function that the iBill does is not new. But how it does it is breaking many thresholds. I can show you some of it. I can tell you about all of it. First, what I want to tell you, I'm, I'm going to put it into very brief words. The iBill beats previous note tellers on several fronts. Let's keep it simple. It's lightweight. It's compact. It's fast. It's accurate. And a big thing in the world of assistive technology it's affordable so I said several things it's compact it's lightweight this is a small unit it's compact it's three inches wide by 1.6 inches long three inches wide is just wide enough to stick the end of a bill in and it's less than three quarters of an inch thick it's lightweight. It's about an ounce and a half with a AAA battery in it. This thing fits in your pocket. It fits nicely. It's smaller than my cell phone, and I carry my cell phone in my other pocket. The manufacturer calls it a key fob design, and that's appropriate. It'd be nice if this had a little ring to put this on a key ring. What I have is a pre-production unit. And the, new, the actual model that's for sale might have that on there. I was sent this a week ago by the manufacturer to review it, and my review is positive on all fronts. The only change that anyone has suggested, and I've, I've demoed this for several people, professionals in the visually impaired field, and several of the students I work with. The only suggestion anybody had was is maybe having a corner where it had a ring where it could be attached to a key ring 
or come with a key ring. The other points I'm, I mentioned were fast, accurate, and affordable. Okay, fast, the manufacturer says one second or less to identify most notes. And I found that to be very true. It's very fast, and I've tried it with several different builds, and it's, it's nailed them. The big point is keeping the corner straight when you put the money in. It's accurate. The manufacturer says 99.9%. .9%. It hasn't missed one yet. If it's unable to identify it, it will give you an error message. You can either reinsert it or uh, try another bill. It's omnidirectional. It doesn't matter if your bill's face up, face down, if it's a left edge or right edge. Either one will work. It works on whichever direction your bill is facing. Where I really had reservations before I uh, held this unit was the price. I said, for this price, they're going to do what no one else has done before. Give you a lightweight, accurate, and fast product to do this job where others in the past have been large and bulky and the cheapest I've seen one before was $189. There is a feature in the KNFB Reader Mobile that will identify your money, but from the reports I've received, it takes several seconds to identify money. This works, like I say, in a, in a second or less. Okay, and like I say, the price, gosh, $99, anybody, even those on a fixed income, can make $99 work. So, without further ado, let me go ahead and demonstrate this. This comes with five different modes that you can identify your money with. There are, are three volume settings, which are three of the modes. There's a low volume, medium volume, and a high volume. There's a vibration mode, and there's a tone mode. Now, the vibration mode, if you're in a restaurant, you don't want to uh, create any sound diversion for anyone. You can check your money at any point um, by just feeling the series of vibrations. There's a simple system of vibrations, one, for, one short one for a $1 bill, two short ones for a $2 bill, three short vibrations for a $5 bill. Then you begin with long vibrations, one long for a 10, two for a 20, and so forth. This will go up to the $100 bill. I really like this, uh, this vibration mode particularly because this device not only can it be used by the blind, it's also for the deafblind. Because if you can't see or hear it, you can at least feel the vibration. And I just really think that's awesome that they can do this. Uh, let me go ahead and demonstrate this for you. I'm going to cycle through. Uh, it's a very simple operation. Above the slot where you insert the bill, there's a button on either end. And if you press one button by itself, you will initiate the scan. Or if you do it without any bill in it, error. it gives you an error message. But if you press one and hold it, and then the other, you couldn't hear that, but it went to vibration mode. Then it went to the tone mode. There's a low volume, medium, and loud volume. Error. I'm going to go back to the tone mode. 
because I can't demonstrate the vibration on a audio recording I'm going to skip that mode and I'll begin by demonstrating the I bill with a $1 bill on the tone mode okay now this will this is a $1 bill I'm inserting here and when it's in the tone mode it will tell you with one low tone that is a one dollar bill one. that's the low volume one. medium volume one. and the high volume I don't have a two dollar bill but I'm going to insert a five there's three low tones which you can tell the difference between the high high tones and low tones very easily because next I'll insert a ten dollar bill and you'll hear one high high tone here distinctly different from the low tone and that was one one high tone for the 10 now I will use a 20 and you get two high tones 20 and there's the 20 it tells you this is very easy to operate with two button design so to conclude let me reiterate it is lightweight it's compact it's easy to operate it's fast it's accurate and it's affordable and I want to say this, they, they have done it, and they've done it right, and I think like the Victor Reader Stream, what they did when they came out with their product, they, they introduced a price threshold that was affordable to most blind people. And I think for this product, granted, it's not as versatile as the Victor Stream, but this sets out to do one thing and do it well, and on that, they, they've met their mark. Being blind has its drawbacks, but independence doesn't have to be a drawback. You can independently identify your money, and once you've got it identified, you can fold it whichever way you, you need to to be able to pay for your purchases. And definitely know the denominations of the money you're, you're handing out. I hope this brief podcast has been helpful to you, and I would encourage you to consider this for yourself or someone you know that's blind as a gift, it's definitely something I'm putting on my list for Santa. Hi, this is Marlena in Seattle. Wishing the whole main menu team and everyone on ACB Radio, both mainstream, interactive world, the cafe, and of course, Treasure Trove, everyone who's responsible for all of those streams. And last but by no means least, every single person who takes the time to tune in to ACB Radio through their browser. A very happy, wonderful, warm holiday season. I really believe that ACB Radio is at the edge of its next 
leaping off point and where we will soar is anybody's guess and only limited by that which we can imagine. So happy holidays to all and I will see you on the Marlena show coming up on mainstream every Tuesday from 3 to 5 Pacific and 6 to 8 Eastern and 23 to 1 Universal. And of course, don't forget to join me for Coffee with Marlena every Saturday on ACB Radio Interactive. Happy, happy holiday. Hi there, this is Eric calling out of Los Angeles. I'd like to take this time to wish all of the ACB radio family and all of the ACB a very safe and happy holiday season and the most prosperous new year. I would also like to wish my very good friend Debbie Hazelton a very safe and happy holiday season and the most prosperous new year. Thank you for all of your help this year. I'd also like to finally thank all of the contributors of ACB Radio Interactive, ACB Radio Mainstream, and everywhere else. A very, very safe and happy holiday season and a most prosperous new year. Good job, everyone, and here's to a very big 2010. Hi, everybody. This is Steve from The Garrow Show and part of the main menu staff. And I want to say happy holidays from all of my family and The Garrow Show to all of you on the main menu staff as well as all the listeners who have made this possible. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas and a happy new year from The Garrow Show. Hello, uh, Feliz Navidad, Bon Natale, Jue Noel. Hi, this is Jamie Pauls, host of Main Menu. I'd like to take this time to thank everyone for their support this year. I've really enjoyed hosting Main Menu since May. I've learned a lot, and I'm really excited for the future of Main Menu and, as Marlena said earlier, for the future of ACB Radio. My thanks to Jeff Bishop, who has been an invaluable resource during this time of learning. My thanks also to our new director, Larry Turnbull. My thanks to the Main Menu team, who I won't even begin to name because if I do I'll miss someone who have all helped me in many ways, and you know who you are. And finally, again to echo Marlena, thanks to you, the listener, for taking the time to tune in, to download the podcasts, and to give us feedback. Thanks, and Merry Christmas to all of you. A Christmas Miracle The season of Christmas has its own special meanings for each of us. For me, a blind child, growing up in a world I couldn't see, it was a season filled with sounds, smells, tastes, and tactile impressions. Even now, I have only to let my senses go to become a lad of thirteen, 
whisked back into a fairyland of remembrances, so real I can still feel the bite of icy wind on my cheeks. I can still smell the heavy sweet odor of newly cut pine as my father lifts the tree into place by the fire. In those years, time itself seemed to be framed by the sound of old familiar Christmas carols. We, a neighborhood of formerly tone-deaf men, women, and children, formed with our mouths the words of peace, and we discovered, much to our amazement, that on this night of Christmas Eve we at last could sing. Buttoned up from stocking cap to boot, we wander through the streets of town, our voices raised, accompanied only by the sound of newly fallen snow, so cold it squeaks beneath our feet. Pausing a while in our caroling, we stop to warm ourselves at the home of a friend. Standing as close to the fire as we dare, we listen contentedly to the sound of dry wood warming the night. The pungent odor of hot apple cider mixes with the sounds of laughter and makes us even warmer. There are plates piled high with Christmas cookies of all shapes and sizes, cut out by the hands of children who sense the magic in the air. There are cookie elves and cookie stars, Christmas trees and snow-white bears, baked batch after batch in an oven which must surely cease to work from overuse, save that it is Christmas Eve. There is a ham, so large I can hardly reach from end to end, set close by a turkey whose warm earthy smell reminds me of the forest in autumn where it must have lived. There are pumpkin pies and jelly rolls and doughnuts big as saucers. At one moment their smells all seem to be interwoven into a fountain of scent, then only to separate, competing one with another to see which of them will be eaten first. On this particular Christmas Eve, the carolers in this rural village are taking part in a custom which has existed for longer than any of them can remember. After gathering in the center of town, they sing their way through the streets to a different home each year. There, they prepare a banquet feast, large enough to serve King Arthur's army, with plenty left over for themselves. And after dinner, they shower the host with presents and good wishes for the year to come. On this particular night, the festivities are taking place in the small red brick house which my family calls home. How vividly I remember that Christmas. I can still hear the sound of feet on the wooden floor as the guests bring cauldrons of soup and platters of meat and vegetables piping hot to the table. The sound of our laughter mingles with the hissing of steaming kettles, the clink of silverware on plates, and the bell-like tones of glasses touching each other in a salute to peace. I hear my mother sigh. She is warm and filled with contentment. My father groans, for he has eaten too much and dessert is still to come. Finally, when all the dishes are cleared away, we all go into the living room. My sister and I sit on the floor at my parents' feet, while everyone else looks on. We are surrounded by boxes of all sizes, wrapped and ribboned and filled with dreams about to be made real. Unlike my sister, who longs to see what's inside of each of them, I like to handle them all, one by one. I sit for countless minutes, tracing the shape of the box with my hands, or letting the ribbon slide through my fingers, or wind itself around my wrist. Placing my ear quite close to the box, in case whatever is inside makes the slightest noise, I tap it, shake it, and feel its weight. 
Satisfied at last that I think I know its contents, I untie the ribbon and remove the paper very slowly, listening to the crackling, swishing sound it makes as it slides to the floor. And then, to the total consternation of everyone in the room, for they're all watching now, impatient with my dawdling, and dying to know what treasure lies within, I stop to notice the texture of the box, smooth and hard beneath my hands or grainy as the sands of deserts whose barren wastes I have crossed in the bedtime stories of my childhood. And now, finally, to everyone's relief, the box is flung open. The high treble sound of tissue paper fills the air as the most beautiful hand-knit sweater one could ever hope to touch unfolds in my arms. Those who see it softly suck in their breath, an audible acknowledgment of its visual perfection. But I do not hear their sounds of praise, for I am lost somewhere in the folds of the fabric. My fingers are lovingly tracing the threads knit by my granny as she sat in her favorite chair by the fireplace on long winter afternoons. I rub the sleeve against my cheek and know its softness. Thrusting my hand inside, my fingers are warmed by the heat that it will provide during the long winter days to come. The warm, slightly musty smell of my granny's house lingers in the yarn. I put it carefully back into its box, secretly hoping that the smell will still be there tomorrow when I wear it to church. Finally, since all good things must come to an end, it's time for the guests to leave. With fond farewells and sincere wishes for a very merry Christmas, they brave the cold and head for home and long after they have gone, the sound of their singing floats back to us on the wind from across the open fields. For a time, after everyone has gone to bed, I stand by the slightly open window, feeling the crisp night air and listening to the sound of snow falling gently against the shutters. I feel very content. I'm too young to know it yet, but on this night I have learned to see. Not with my eyes, as others do. No, this is not the story of a miracle culminating in the rebirth of my vision. This is the story of a young boy, blind from birth, who was beginning to discover that sight comes in many forms. Perhaps the only miracle is that even though I do not see as others do, I have learned to see in my own way, using my other senses, and that I have learned to accept the fact that that is as it should be. At length, I close the window on the night and creep quietly to bed. As I make a little nest in my blankets, my mind goes back to Granny and the sweater lying softly in its box beneath my bed. She knit into each stitch everything I would ever need to feel to know that it was beautiful. I slip my hand outside the blankets and reaching down, I touch it gently one more time before I go to sleep, and I know that all is well.